1: with former blues defenseman jamie rivers i'm brandon Kylie. it's ribs and bk on 101 espn let's go out to the brown and Croupin celebrity line where we are happy to be joined by a hall of fame goaltender a five-time stanley cup champion he is grant fuhrer grant how are you doing today i'm doing good how about you guys
0: we're good fierzy um i'm just gonna ask you are you headed out to the golf course today because i know i don't want to hold you up too badly
2: well, you know i'm headed in that direction i going to do a little bit of teaching this afternoon so i gotta oh. pretend i'm working once in a while
0: there you go now uh obviously uh pandemic things are a little crazy you and i talked about a little bit last night but for our listeners um you know how much golf have you been able to play during this pandemic and is your game getting any better
2: sad part is my game is getting better because that's all there is to do <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately most everything's closed i mean restaurants opened here about three days ago so you can actually go out and have dinner now but other than that there's not a whole lot else to do so yeah i've actually been practicing a bit
0: now okay i gotta ask you this fierzy i already know the answer but i want you to talk about a little bit and you know michael jordan's last dance came out which by the way did you watch any of that
2: I did, actually. I watched all of it. Okay,
0: perfect, then. So you're going to probably know where I'm headed with this one here is there was a big conversation about Michael Jordan having played golf during the playoffs, and, you know, of course, I started to giggle and talked with my wife, you know, Shannon, and we're laughing because, Grant, you were known to play golf during the playoffs, weren't you?
2: I may have played a little bit of golf during the playoffs.
0: Now, winning all those Stanley Cups and being as dedicated and as competitive as you are and were at the time, did the coaches ever question what you were doing, or did you keep it just kind of hidden on the side?
2: No, actually, when I was in Edmonton, Glenn Sater knew I was going out to play golf. That was my way of relaxing and enjoying things, and it kept you fresh for the games. And then, obviously, in St. Louis, Joel knew what I was up to, so there was no mystery to it. And besides, at that time, we were playing with Phil Mickelson, so it's kind of hard to hide that.
1: We're talking with Grant Fury. He's the Hall of Fame goaltender and a five-time Stanley Cup champion. Grant, I did want to ask you about the St. Louis Blues real quick, if you don't mind. We're getting ready to potentially come back to play a little bit of hockey. And last year, Jordan Bennington was certainly the talk of the hockey world with what he did during the postseason. When you watch Jordan Bennington, what do you see uh, in front of the net? You
2: know what? He's a guy with a lot of confidence and i think when if you're going to be a successful team you've got to have a goalie with confidence because they're not afraid to make a mistake they know he's back there they've got faith in him and it frees the team up to play a little bit looser
0: now fierzy Jordan Bennington, obviously one cup under his belt right now. You're a guy that had five, You have five Stanley Cup championships. For Jordan Bennington now, that to get to the next level, to get to the next Stanley Cup, how much harder does it get for a goalie, not so much physically, but mentally? Every time you get in these long playoff runs, how hard is it to continue to be that sound mentally?
2: Uh, it, it's different to repeat. Hey, once you've won one, you're ecstatic with that, but now the expectations go up. And I think you've seen over the years is as expectations go up, every mistake you make is magnified. And that's the part that you have to forget about. You just have to go out and play with a little bit of freedom and abandonment. You can't let the mistakes pile up on you.
1: And this postseason is going to even be a little bit different than what you typically see because of what we've had with this break between when the regular season was finished, I guess, now and when we are actually going to play the postseason. There's been a lot of talk of, is this going to have an asterisk next to it? Will this be recognized as a true Stanley Cup champion? Where do you stand on that? Do you believe that whoever wins this Stanley Cup will, will truly be recognized the same way that it was any other year?
2: definitely he's still going to go out and win 16 games and there's nothing easy about that so I don't think there's an asterisk to it yeah there's a little delay in it in 94 during the lockout there's a little delay in it too and there's no asterisk beside that Stanley Cup champion so you've still got two months of good hockey you're going to have to play and it's hard hockey
0: all right, we're talking with Grant Fear here, Hall of Fame goaltender, five-time Stanley Cup champion, my former teammate. You can follow him on Twitter, at Grant Fuhr. Fierzy, I wanted to dive back in. We had you in here, oh, quite a while ago when you were coming in for the Making Coco uh, showing here in St. Louis of your movie that's based on your on your life story, your journey through hockey. Um, based on what you experienced doing that movie and and seeing what's going on all around you right now in the world and and things that are a little bit chaotic. What are your feelings on how the events are taking place?
2: You know, it's disappointing more than anything. I think if you look at society and you look back at the 50s and 60s, you would think as a society that we would progress. And if anything, it's digressed almost back to that point where you've got a big racial divide You've got a hatred of the police. And it's not all policemen. Yes, there's bad policemen. You've got to weed those out. But you've got to credit the good policemen. And that's the part that's kind of getting lost in the transition. And the rioters and looting, I mean, there's no place for that. That's not advancing anybody's cause. All that is is just creating mayhem.
0: Now, Fierzy, if you're a teammate, right, like you and I shared a locker room together and we never had any problems like that. We had a great group of guys. But if you're a a teammate in this day and age and, and, you know, these issues are arising, what's the best way for a team to handle this?
2: I think as a team, everybody's allowed an opinion. And that's all it is, is an opinion. You've got to treat each other like family. And it's like all good hockey teams. You treat each other as family. And, yeah, you're going to have some disagreements in family, but you don't lose the love. So I think that's the part that people can't get lost in the whole picture is, yes, guys have opinions. You won't agree with them. That happens on every, in every family. It happens on every team. You can't let it tear the team apart. That's the big thing is that everybody has, at the end of the day, you still have to stick together.
1: Are you glad to see the way that players, especially in hockey right now, which is a sport that sometimes you don't see this from, but the way that players are speaking out about this?
2: I am. They players have a platform. So if you have a platform, You have an opinion. It's good to get your opinion out there. And you have to support all the causes. The rioting and the looting, there's no support for that. But there's got to be support for the good police. You've got to have support for Black Lives Matter. I mean, you have to support the positives.
0: you're you're, let's say you're in an arena right now. There's a young 10-year-old, 11-year-old black goalie looking to play in the NHL one day. What are the best words of advice that you can give that young man as he starts this journey?
2: To have confidence in himself. I think that's the biggest thing that you can have is you've got to have confidence in yourself because there's always going to be naysayers. I mean, I had it through my whole career. Where, When I played with you, they thought I was done. So, You've always got to believe in yourself and trust in what you do.
1: I wanted to ask you, Grant, about playing with Jamie Rivers because at the time, that was a young Jamie Rivers, and from what I understand, that was a very different Jamie Rivers than the one that I work with each and every day at this point of his life. What was it like to be on the same team, to hear those stories, to see those stories firsthand of of what Jamie Rivers was early in his NHL career?
2: Oh, Rivers and I had a good time playing together. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. when you've got the nickname, not quite ready for prime time, it's a young Jamie, it's a young Jamie Rivers. <laughs> but you know what? Rims is so much fun to play with. And he's, he's what makes the dressing room light is you've got to have a guy around that keeps the guys entertained and laughing. And Rims did a great job of that.
0: Jersey, the one thing that I wanted to ask you about is uh, what music you're listening to these days. Because my partner here, I, I was tr- going to tell him that I did have f- some kind of control of the the stereo in the locker room. And we talked about this the other day. <laughs> and I know that you appreciated some of my music and some of it was just head shaking for you. But what are you listening to this, these
2: days? Well, oh, I'm still very diverse when it comes to music. I listen to a little bit of everything. So, yeah, listening to some of your music. I enjoyed some of it was interesting. I'll
0: that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, buddy. The one thing I admired the most um, is is being able to have story time at the back of the plane. I uh, I try to explain that to so many people about the fact that you know you got I got to sit in the back of the plane, share a beverage or two or twelve with <laughs> Grant Fuhrer. And, you know, listen to stories about the Oiler days and whatnot. And I just think that that was really, really a, a huge part in my development, too. And the second, second part of that was that you were so good for a young defenseman like me because you didn't blame me for things. If, if goals went in and I made mistakes or, heaven forbid, I know I gave the puck up in front of the net a few times and they put it in, you never just stomped on my confidence. You always made me feel better about it. So that's the one thing I love about you is you've always had this great positive attitude.
2: Well, you know, I've always been kind of a glass half full guy. And if you're going to make your young players better, you've got to be a positive influence for them. So hopefully it worked a little bit, but no, by the time I got to St. Louis, I got in a dozen years already. So there's always stories that guys want to hear. and You want to relate that the game can be fun. And I think that gets lost sometimes that, they don't want the guys to have fun. The game has to be fun because then you enjoy going to the rink every day.
1: Final question that I have for you. We're talking with Hall of Fame goaltender Grant Fuhrer here on Rivs and BK on 101 ESPN. Earlier today, we were talking with Dan McLaughlin. He hosts the show right before us, and he said, Jamie, if Grant didn't get hurt in the 96 playoff run do you believe that that team would have won the stanley cup title and jamie said that his answer to that question was yes i'm not asking you to put down anybody but knowing what you had left in the tank at that point grant do you believe that that team would have won the stanley cup championship had you not gotten hurt
2: i do i actually agree with Ribs for one time so (laughs) yeah i know that team definitely had a chance to win a stanley cup it had all the different aspects that you need in a championship team we could play finesse, you could play tough, you could play tight checking, and everybody was playing well. So, yes, I do believe that team could have won a cup.
0: Yeah, I still look back at that, too, and I was a young guy. I think I was 19, maybe 20 at the time, and uh, it just uh, it sucks we didn't get to realize the ultimate championship there. But nonetheless, it, w- it really was a great hockey club. Fierzy? I can't thank you enough for jumping on with us, buddy. I know you got a busy schedule. I know you got to get out to the golf course <laughs> and start teaching somebody how to play the game the right way. Uh, but I appreciate you, man. I love you. You've always been one of my best friends, best teammates, and uh, you take care of yourself out there.
1: My pleasure. You guys stay safe there. Absolutely. Same to you. That is Grant Fuhrer, the Hall of Fame goaltender and five-time Stanley Cup champion, joining us here on Ribs and BK. It's twelve sixteen. your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Even with him going out in that postseason, Jamie, you guys still took that Detroit Red Wings team to seven games. And you had them so up weird.
0: 3-2. It was so weird. Like, John Casey did a phenomenal job. I, You know, and it's it's... It just, he was hot, cold, hot, cold. And I still, to this day, to this day, I'm waiting for somebody, some mathematician to take that video of that goal and break it down with velocity and angle and how, because John Casey was technically out far enough that a slap shot from that distance out should have never even hit the net. It should have went over the net. And the fact that it hit just under the... Talking about the double overtime goal, right? The, the Steve Eisman double overtime goal. The fact that it went up under the bar, to me, I'm, I swear it had to have dipped at one point because otherwise, I, th- I it had to be going over the net. And I'm waiting for the, the cool math people one day to break down the video and show me so maybe I can quit going to therapy.
1: It's pretty remarkable, though, that <laughs> (laughs) You took the Red Wings to seven games despite having your backup goaltender out there. And in that game seven... You pit he pitched a shutout yep. up until that second overtime. You lose that game one to nothing. Shane where,
0: Corson had just hit the post about a minute yep. and a half before that too.
1: Where yep. does that rank? And I I apologize for bringing up potentially bad memories here, Jamie. But where does that rank in terms of the toughest losses of your career? Um, game seven, second round, nineteen ninety six playoffs against the Detroit Red Wings.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one. Double you know, overtime. The the reason it's tough is because like Fierzy just talked about, we we had. We had all the components to be a championship team. And if we get by the Red Wings, quite honestly, I think we walk through to the cup at that point. And as a young player at the time, I can't remember if I was 19 or 20 at the time, but that would be, you know, an amazing accomplishment that early in your career. And so, yeah, that one, that one really stung. Um, and then playing for the Red Wings again in, in 2003, I believe. We had a team to go all the way and we got in some injury troubles and we got knocked out by Calgary that year. And that one stung because we should have been able to march our way through to the Cup, too. So both those teams were great, but it sure would have been nice to close that one out with Grant Fuhrer.
1: I want to ask you one more follow up on this on the other side, because you have talked about how you and Mike Keenan didn't necessarily have the greatest relationship in the world. How much would it have changed things for Mike Keenan if he had won that Stanley Cup championship? I want to ask that of Jamie Rivers. We'll do that on the other side. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand